kind of feels like our very own Barbenheimer moment this. A crossover that we've had in the back of our mind for years but could never bring to reality until now. Welcome everyone to the Inside Line F1 podcast. We're in the top 1.5% of most heard podcasts globally on Spotify along with being the longest running and number 1 podcast on Formula 1 in India. My name is Somal Arora. I'm the host of the Indian Racing League on Star Sports and among other things I am a huge Ravi Shastri fanboy. I think you should know this by this point. Along with me for this episode will be Kunal Shah, an F1 expert and consultant for the Viaplay network in Norway. He is also the former marketing head of the Force India F1 team. For those of you who are not quite aware of who Ravi Shastri is, this is going to be a fun intro. Hear me out. Ravi Shastri is the cool uncle at every party who all the youngsters surround as if they were underneath a wisdom tree just to listen to his stories and insights. He loves partying and living life but was still one of the most committed and determined athletes of his time. He loves speaking out his mind and being unapologetically himself while also being an extremely considerate listener and a clear thinker as you shall find out in this episode. He's a man who has been discussed and loved in every Indian household for generations but every generation knows him for a different role. Did I tell you anything about his versatility yet? But the headlines. Ravi Shastri was an instrumental part of India's World Cup and cricket world championship wins in the 80s he is one of the leading and most memorable voices of indian cricket with his calls on commentary over moments like india's 2011 world cup win etched firmly in every indian's heart and mind but crucially for this episode he was also one of the most successful coaches of the indian cricket team in history a role as significant in india as the head of ferrari in italy So, how did Ravi manage so many high-performance athletes at varying stages of their life and career to achieve such a remarkable success, especially in the toughest form of the game, Test cricket? And how would Ravi coach or advise present-day Formula One drivers in their career stages that they find themselves in, like Charles Leclerc being stuck in a different Ferrari that is completely inefficient at the moment, a veteran like Daniel Ricciardo returning to the sport to regain his confidence, a lot like Virat Kohli, and also someone like Max Verstappen, whose biggest challenge at the moment. is staying hungry after so much dominance being the hardcore f1 fan that he is ravi was very insightful and passionate on giving us his perspective on the same trust me cricket fan or not you're going to love listening to ravi talk formula 1 so in classic ravi shastri style the news from the center is that this will be an epic episode let's begin my god sakshat prabhu <laughs> Ah, but uh, it's it's so incredible to hear you, sir. थोड़ा मतलब बचपन से सोचा था कि एक बार आपसे बात होगी कभी ना कभी. I've been I actually want to blame you. You're you're a bit of a problem because the last two nights I haven't been able to sleep. And if I say this to any other person that I've been dreaming of Ravi Shastri, they'll be like, "Yeah, you should be dreaming of women at this age." But it's uh, I need to blame you for my lack of sleep, sir. That's a bit of a problem. <laughs> <laughs> now and uh, it's interesting yeah. to know that you're actually quite a formula 1 fan. Do, do you know sir that uh, quite a lot of people have written in saying that okay I never knew that you were a formula 1 yeah. fan and it's changed the way they look at you. Quite a fair a fair bit of our listeners have been going crazy about that fact. You know just to uh, let them know hmm. my interest in formula 1 started over four decades ago. Right? I'm talking of uh, the early 80s. when i played professional cricket in england uh, when i played league cricket i played county cricket every sunday off 2 o'clock would be the formula 1 kicking off so if it was off and if we were in a pub having the sunday roast 
or getting ready for the Sunday roast, it would be Martin Brundle and two o'clock would be tea off time, right? And then you had the big five at that time. You had uh, Prost, you had Pique, you had Mansell, you had Nicky Lauda, and my favorite, who really got me into the sport, Ayrton Senna. You know, so the big five were out there every Sunday. And uh, as often, you got an opportunity to see it live. You would see it live. If not, you would always catch the highlights. And we would many times get a chance to mm. see it live because if there was, if we were playing on a Sunday, you know, county cricket or league cricket, you know, in the changing rooms or around the changing area, the television sets would be on, you know, and, uh, you know, Formula One would be on on those screens. So, you know, you'd pick it up. You know, there would be a lot of guys in the team who would follow it deeply. Some would from the outside. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've always believed uh, personalities do make a sport. And uh, when you have great personalities, you know, be it in any sport, you know, they make people, you know, get into that direction and start following it. Whether it was Muhammad Ali in boxing, you know, whether it was uh, Borg, McEnroe in tennis at that time, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, the great footballers of that era, you know, whether it's Kempes, Vyas, whoever was playing. And when it came to the Formula One drivers, especially Senna. Was daring, you know his uh, his skill on the track, and uh, amongst all the Formula One drivers, he came across as a a different bloke. He came across as an entertainer, you know, because he took his chances, you know. But he took one chance too many, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, do you do you often resonate with a certain amount of Formula One drivers yourself? Because you, of course, are one of those characters and personalities mm. that made so many people fall in love with cricket. And you've mentioned these drivers, right? Drivers who have a certain sort of character, certain sort of skill and ability to charm people. Do you ever look at any Formula One driver of the past or the present and be like, okay, I somewhat relate to him? Because a lot of people, they do feel that you're similar to a couple of Formula One drivers in the grid today. I won't tell you which ones now, but we'll get to it. No, I, I would <laughs> we'll get to it. Tell me. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, because, because, you know, mm -hmm. the pace, the adrenaline... You know, when, when when you're in the heat of battle, you know, these are things that have to come to the fore if you want to compete against the best in the world. And these guys have minuscule of seconds, you know, to beat another uh, another bloke. And they're all as good. And then it's a second or two that separates each one of them. And then at that speed, to have that kind of daring to take those chances around the bends is never easy. So, you know, when you saw someone like a Senna, someone like a Schumacher, you know, someone like a Max mm -hmm. today or even a Hamilton in, at his pomp. You know, you, you admire these guys. You admire these guys for uh, what they do, the way they draw people uh, into the sport, make them watch the sport. And uh, for them to be able to get that viewership factor going, you know, day in, day out, it, it isn't easy. So definitely uh, when it comes to, you know, getting close, getting, uh, you know, Similar vibes to a sport that you play and watch. I think Senna was, uh, for me, the closest. You know, he really ignited passion. He, he, it was like adrenaline. And uh, I just want to go back to your stories initially of when you got to introduce the Formula One in the first place. Mm. Obviously, I, I'm supposing that was a time where you were playing for Glamorgan back in the county championship. But then 
Did you get a chance to physically yeah. visit a Grand Prix at around that time? Because you were playing in Wales. The races normally happen in no, Vans after uh, Silverstone, right? So that's... Yeah. It's in Silverstone. No, I didn't get a chance because more often than hmm. not, we would play on Sundays. But I'll tell you another thing that got me going in Formula 1 was the commentary hmm. of Martin Brundle. Right? Martin would rev it up. You know, he would rev it up and, uh, you know, give it a nice little whack. You know, which uh, got people going. It uh, it took television to another level. You know, people wanting to watch the sport. I think playing the sport is one thing. When people watch the sport, you need that that background entertainment. You you need that voice of a, a Brundle really, you know, bulldozing through, just like Red Bull are <laughs> bulldozing the circuit at the moment. You know, and making you listen to him. So it was good, and, and you know, and many have followed suit. You know, since then. And uh, for me, it helped because it helped me, uh, you know, understand what broadcasting is about. You know, at some stage today or tomorrow, I will visit the broadcast center here. So hopefully, you know, that will give me, you know, a fair idea. You know, I've seen enough uh, broadcasting boxes uh, around my profession, around the globe and and some others. But it'll be good to see the Formula One. Hang on. So are you seriously saying that you used to refer to Martin Brundle's work as a way of preparing for your cricket commentary as well? Because I... No, uh, uh, I won't say I won't say preparing. Mm-hmm. But, but stylistically you know, it, perhaps? You know, sometimes... Yes, because, you know, when, when you grew up, there was not much television mm. when you followed cricket. It was radio. So, you know, you'd follow the Johnsons, the Arlets, the McGillerys on radio. Similarly, when you watched other sport, you know, the one that stood out was uh, Martin mm. Brundle. You know, in Formula One, because he had to raise the pitch because the noise on the circuit from the cars was that much that, you know, you had to go to another level. So, you know, he he would ebb and flow. You know, there was an ebb and flow in the way he spoke, you know, which was which was fabulous. And I, you know, I just said to myself, you know, you know, this could work in cricket as well. Mm. Why not? And the news from the center is that people love it. And it has. To be honest, it has. News from the center. (laughs) Breaking news from the center. In Spa, is it raining? It's going to be tricky on the track. But these guys are champions. They're experts. They'll know how to negotiate the bends. (laughs) I love it. But uh, this also makes me want to chat to you about what you really love about the sport. Because you spoke of the characters. And they are definitely, let's say, brought out a little bit more in the modern day. We've obviously had a big documentary like Drive to Survive that's helped people get an insight. Mm. Do you feel something similar can Correct. also be done in the world of cricket as well? Because it's obviously limited to in- India, you, uh, the, the Australia and England. But there are broader markets where the sport can be propagated and these characters and personalities could potentially be exposed of. Yes, and absolutely. You're damn right. You know, because uh, Body Line did that in yeah. uh, cricket, you know, when it, when it came out. So similarly, uh, you know, these documentaries do make people watch. They get a, f- you know, better insight into the sport. They realize uh, the, uh, you know, what it takes to be a champion in this sport. And, you know, I relate Formula One to boxing in many ways. Because there's a physical angle that doesn't exist in a lot of other sport, especially individual sport. You know, when it comes to team sport and cricket, yes, you can be hit by a cricket ball that can be very serious and can put you in hospital, can knock you out. But in boxing... Surely, you're you're under attack all the time, right? In Formula One, you know, you need steel, you need guts, you need clarity of thought, you need presence of mind 
you know, when you're doing things at that speed, in that split of a second, to make a decision. So decision beca making becomes absolutely critical, you know, in a split of a second. So if you don't have that clarity of thought, you could be stumped. <laughs> yep. You know, so that is what excites me about Formula One, that, that physical angle, that, you know, that danger factor yet, which keeps the sportsman mm -hmm. on edge, keeps the driver on edge and doesn't allow him to rest on his laurels because he knows a mistake at that speed in that profession could be pretty costly. And I love that you follow the sport so deeply because you've also told us that you're a Lewis Hamilton fan as well, apart from Senna. And he's become yep. a household name yep. through the documentaries and the likes. But in the last few years, sir, we've seen quite a lot of people hmm. becoming Formula One fans. I'm sure your story has gone for a lot longer than that. But hmm. have you seen people in your circles hmm. embrace Formula One, especially in the Indian cricket team when you were a coach there? Plenty. You know, a lot of them watch hmm. it. You know, a lot of them watch it very closely. Sachin was a, a, a big Schumacher fan in his time. You know, and I know that for sure. There are a lot of others who, uh, you know, watch it very closely. But, you know, I got closer to, I learned more about Formula One through my dear friend Gautam Singhani, mm. you know, who drove in Formula Three, you know, and he has all the gizmos, all the cars. He, he'll tell you, you know, A to Z about a part of the car that exists in a Formula One. So, you, 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 you know, in conversations, you learned a lot. I met a lot of drivers too. I met Mika, you know, with him a lot. You know, Mika is a good friend, you know. It's a, it's a, I missed him in London recently, Mika Hakkinen, but, you know, it, it would have been good to catch up with him. So, you know, you, you keep a track. It, it happens with all sportsmen. When you play at a certain mm -hmm. level and when you've coached a national team, you know, your, your eye is on the ball for other sports as well. You know, I love tennis. I watch a lot of tennis. But, you know, nothing gives you more, you know, doesn't get that adrenaline going that quickly as Formula One. When you see those cars going zoop, 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 you know, and at that pace, it's, uh, it's, it's mind-boggling. And it's, uh, it's respect. It's a lot of respect. You know, when you watch it, you know, there's a lot of respect for those drivers. Because, you know, you think you sit in a car and you go at pace, you push the accelerator, off it goes. The strength in your forearms, you know, that neck has to be like a, like a real rock, you know, to take that uh, pressure. It's, it's unbelievable. So they go through a different kind of uh, training. They go through a different kind of, uh, you know, to develop that mindset to be able to do what they do that quickly. Actually, interesting that you mentioned Mika Hakkinen. I'm just so curious. What do mm. you folks normally mm. talk about? Because as athletes, there are so many synergies, yep. right? Do you often tend to discuss what's mm. similar between your sport and his as well, quite a fair bit? Uh, we, we never talk ah. sport. Sportsman, we always talk off the field stuff. Okay. You know, then the then the beer goes down better. <laughs> you know, the banter is better, and that is not for your consumption. You know, that is among sportsmen. You know, what stays on the park, what you know, it will stay on the park. But it's fun, and it's pretty similar. You know, the idiosyncrasies are pretty similar. Well, it may take quite a fair bit to outdrink Mika Hakkinen, even for someone of your stature. He's Finnish, after all. No, no. <laughs> No, no, you want to go. You don't want to go that long, you know, because they can consume. They can consume, you know, spirit. You know, there's all. It's always played in the right spirit, but when spirit goes down, it's fun. <laughs> I can imagine. Now, then the stories, you know, there, uh, then the, you know, the banter, the sledging, the, you know, everything comes out, and it's good. Well, that's always been a dream of mine to actually listen and uh, listen to you share a story in person in a situation like that. Because even now you're talking about Formula One. 
I know it's 20 30 years mm. of broadcasting that's coming together and culminating in this to talk about a sport that you're not 100% in day in and day out but it's so fascinating to hear anyway but that is why I want to talk to you about Ferrari because it's your favorite team I I suspect it's your daughter's mm. favorite team as well I I hear she's a big Charles Leclerc fan but times are not she's a big fan she's she's been jumping up and down the roof from yesterday you know <laughs> once he took pole position and i kept needling her, you know you know max is right behind you know he's doing the fastest lap no oh, he's got five points you know he's got he's, he's got to go five behind because of the penalty you know and, and kept ring so it's it's banter it's sledging you know uh, i i was uh, i was australia yesterday she was england <laughs> and just going you know going at her but uh, ferrari for many reasons because schumacher set the bar that high you know so when it came to individual driving and then uh, what he did it was uh, with the uh, you know over the years uh, was was fabulous of course luck luck is there he charles is a is a is a young kid on the block and he'll do well he i think he, you know along with uh, oscar yeah yes he's a, he's a he's an he's an australian he loves his cricket i think you know you got to watch out for these youngsters i always like to look out for youngsters in the sport you know there are you'll have the nadals you'll have the uh, jokovic you'll have the federers who raise the bar in a sport like in formula 1 you've had the hamiltons you've had the you know the maxes they'll be there the schumachers the senas but you're always on the lookout for youngsters your alcaraz you know blazing wimbledon this year similarly yeah. you want to see some of these youngsters come on the circuit and blaze a trail pretty quickly but uh, it's interesting you mentioned that because ferrari sort of have two drivers who are stuck in a team at the moment because it feels operationally inefficient it's a job as high pressure mm. as the job of the indian cricket mm. team's coach something that you've done very successfully yes. now ferrari are in the doldrums uh, they shouldn't be here although they are on pole this weekend mm. but we all know ferrari for being a team that can fight for championships and win and be full of glory and all that stuff but if you were mm. in that position what are the two or three things that you would definitely fix from a team environment perspective because that's something that you had very well in your time as the coach of the indian cricket team i mean you guys you know what one of the best things i'm enjoying here you know when you go you know pit lane or you know sit in the paddock lounge and uh, listen to the experts mm-hmm. you know everyone's expert there <laughs> you know with a couple of glasses in their hand and a couple of uh, you know drops go down they're all experts and they say ah oh, you need a better car they need to fine tune and i'm putting my coach's hat now i said i'm sure you know ferrari will be doing the same and uh, you know they and they are going on and on you know oh they have a better car you know that's why they're doing so well you know it's a max it's his car you know and and it's all constant this thing but you know obviously you got to have a year you got to listen and you got to keep up with the joneses so i'm sure when there's a break after this race you know they'll be fine tuning on the car they'll see what best they can do because they've got the drivers in the house who can do the job as leclerc showed yesterday yeah. you know with whatever car he has he's in pole position and he's got many pole positions this year so it just adds another dimension where it says that if he has another car what can he do those questions can be asked mm. so you know you as a coach then you're thinking as a player if he gets those conditions if he uses the right bat or just ch- tweaks his game a little bit you know he could he could be in business so you know those are the things you constantly you know want to tinker with you know at that level it's fine tuning more than anything mm. else particularly more when it comes <laughs> to a car it, it is fine tuning and uh, 
you know to see how it goes after that yeah and but you learn you watch you learn you you're always a student in the profession mm. remember that there's someone better than you someone out to get you right and and they're going to make those adjustments and improvements to get ahead of you so you got to be on guard all the time and actually it's interesting you mentioned that because one of the greats of the sport the modern day greats daniel ricardo has also come back mm. i'd love to know your perspective on his story because a lot of it i i wouldn't say he's on the same level as virat in terms of performance but it feels similar right an athlete who's achieved greatness being burdened down going back outside the sport and coming back and feeling refreshed how would you coach a driver or an athlete of that sort and what what would be your game plan if they're so bogged down and losing confidence in that situation he's an Aussie right he is he is indeed yeah so don't discount an Aussie <laughs> he, he'll come back uh, ricardo might be the name daniel might be the first name and he's Aussie right he'll come back right he's got the, they they've got those that country is a country where the competitive juices flow mm. when it comes to sport they don't like losing they like challenges they like to play it hard so daniel would know everything he would he'd come back refreshed he's 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 a veteran he's experienced he'll know what you know it takes in a comeback to get things in order and then you need a little bit of luck mm. you know you need the right engine you know to sit behind and uh, a couple of wins early or a couple of good finishes early on can do wonders to your confidence mm. and on the opposite end of the spectrum coach we have someone like max verstappen someone who's dominating right and mm. again mm. i've heard many athletes say that it's hard to keep your hunger alive when you're winning that much mm. how would you coach a driver of that sort who's winning everything and then to the point he's gone on and make statements like i may not be here forever so do you feel that the hunger might be mm. dropping and so if you are oh, a team principal that's principle, a, a, that's a line used uh, Hmm. <laughs> that's a line used by many sportsmen i might not so whilst it lasts make the most of it it's at the moment max 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 5 max 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 9 <laughs> okay he's, he's he's still hungry he's just shown he's still hungry he likes the food he's eating every sunday every second sunday he comes out <laughs> so he's you know sticking to the same breakfast same routine and just piling it on yeah, but i i really want to draw parallels on that with uh, the players that mm. were apart you get you get parallels you got you, you had bog in our time winning Sorry. six wimbledons on the trot mm. you know then you had rafa winning it again you had nadal just killing paris winning one after the other so it's the same mentality and they are all individual sports so that's where i am relating to your max as well you know because an individual sport mm. it's a different kind of drive you know you don't depend on other teammates of yours you know to be the number one team in the world it is you 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 and uh, once you get that drift mm. of where you think you're ahead of the others you want to keep that going as long as possible because you know when someone else gets that mm. mental edge over you then it becomes that bit harder and when i say mental edge it's just that belief i can beat you that's good enough for your opponent you know so the next time you're on the park yeah when he knows he can beat you then you got to be right up to your a game so when you're when you're going when you when you're hot like max is then keep blowing hot bro <laughs> have we just heard ravi shastri say the word bro i never imagined that i i know you were cool and more gen z than most other cricketers of your generation i am not gen z i am not a uh, modern <laughs> 
Gen Z, my daughter, she'll know everything. Gen Z, you know. Oh, are you not? Are you not? But hey, I need to I need to talk to you about Gen Z because in your time as the coach of the Indian cricket team, we obviously mm. remember the famous Australian series of 2021. So many youngsters that you mm. brought up into the team. Who mm. who performed at that level, right? And you've mentioned that you always are on the hunt for watching young athletes and young talents. We had Dr. Helmut Marko, the head of the Red Bull Driver Academy, on the show last week, and he said that with the younger drivers, you've always got to be super careful, watch what they're doing, see who they're performing with, or what they're consuming in terms of information mm. as well. But what's your style? If you were to run an academy of sorts with young athletes, not just racing drivers. How would you nurture them? What what does what is the Ravi Shastri formula of building in young athletes? Ravi Shastri will hate to change anyone's hmm. natural style. You know, he he'll tweak it a bit to the requirements of the team, but I'll hate to change anyone's natural style. Like if Rishabh Pant, who won us that series there, was instrumental in winning that series there, or a Pujara, you know, or a Kohli, or a Rahane, or a Bumrah, you know, if they have their strengths. There's an individual aspect that makes separates them from the others. Let them focus mm. on their strengths. Keep that going. Never tinker with that. Now I'll come to Pant. He's young. He's fearless. Okay. He has a style of playing. Very easy for you to, as a coach, say, use the word "don't." I hate to use the word "don't." I only use the word "don't" if I have, if I have mm. an answer to that. I will never go to a player and tell him, you know, your bat is not coming out right. You're not hitting the ball. I will never go and tell him just that and stop there, unless I have an answer to what he should be doing. So you don't have to be in a position as coach just to prove that because you're coach, mm. you have to go and say something. Shut up if you have nothing to say. Or if you don't have an answer as to what should be done, say nothing. Now in the case of Pant. that was important allow him to carry on with his natural game believe in himself end of the series pant took everyone's pants down <laughs> as simple as that and i so you know the coach was happy happy as larry but in the moments that they're down young drivers young athletes in general often tend to look up to someone for an answer can you how, how what's it like right because if you're a young athlete looking for some solution and sometimes you have to go and tell them buddy i can't tell you anything or i can't give you the secret sauce does it how, how does it how must it feel like for an athlete because you're in that tricky little precarious spot right but that could make you or break you as as an athlete it's again you know it's it's up to the individual it's it's you have to understand as a coach the hmm. mindset of each individual in in formula 1 you know it's different you you have to understand the mindset of your driver and your team that you work with you know you got to understand temperaments you under you got to understand what will get a guy going you know what would rattle him mm. sometimes you got to rattle the guy you know to get the best out of him but in team sport you got to see where it's done and where could be a better place it can be done like in the sense do you give have a go at the guy in front of the whole team or you take him aside individually and have a chat with him you know those things are important but like i said i it, you got to have a solution to be able to go and say something but sometimes you know there are players who have tremendous mm. self confidence you know and they tremendous confidence in their natural ability 
you know, I'll refer to someone like Pant again because, you know, he was a game changer in those two, three years he played. Now, he would go and play. So when you play in that fashion, like the way he plays, you could, you know, you could be pulling your hair as a coach sometimes, seeing the way he gets out, right? So my theory with him was, I'm bored seeing the way you're getting <laughs> out. As a, there's no fun in this. Now, give me something more exciting, you know. I mean, you're, I know you're taking risks, 90% risk. Take 96% risk and get out. Show me something different. And, and, and sure enough, he loved it. He said, yeah, yeah, this is now another way of thinking. So, you know, if a guy is getting out slogging or getting out in the same manner, so I don't, why don't you try reverse sweeping <laughs> and getting out? Get out six times that way. Let's see what happens. You know, but it's just a change in mindset. It worked with him. You know, he did wonders. So, it's it's each one is different. You know, like, for example, a Pujara is more, you know, his mindset is more the studious kind. So you got you got to be careful what you say and what you don't say. Similarly, in Formula One, there could be a driver's personality. Hamilton could be totally different from Max. Max could be totally different from Charles Leclerc or an Oscar Piastris. So you got to understand age yeah. then becomes important. Experience is important. You know, that guy has been on the circuit for 10 years. How do you speak to him as opposed to a guy who's just, you know, two, three years old in the circuit? So it's 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 a lot of things. And uh, you're there doing that job because, you know, you've got that experience and you understand it. So I'm sure they, they're all... Coach, you would be an incredible team principal, huh? If you had the chance in Formula 1. Would you, have, would you ever consider something like that? And would you want to be a team principal of Ferrari or some other team, if that comes to mind? You can be a team prince. You were a team principal of the Indian cricket team for seven years. It's a lot like being the boss of Ferrari, isn't it? And, you know, we, uh, it is. It is. You know, and we have a population of 1.4 billion only, you know. <laughs> it's not much. So, you know, we have, we have, we have a few experts, you know, where you're, <laughs> where you're judged every day of your life, you know. Where there's a gun at your head every day of your life because you have to only, only, only thing you have to do is finish, not just, not pole position. You have to win then on the Sunday. <laughs> and every Sunday, you know, Max is the best for me. You know, you go out there when, 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 when you're safe, happy. And win also Otherwise, with the right intent, because I've heard lots of people use right that intent. word quite oh, a favorite. Oh, oh, always <laughs> intent, always intent. Otherwise, no point. If you don't go there to compete, don't go there with intent. You know, why waste your time getting mm. into a beautiful car, you know? But it's, it's so incredible to have you on the show, Ravi. It's uh, been an amazing sure. 30 minutes and it's flown by completely. And I just hope, fingers crossed, that we get to do this in person as well, hopefully sometime in Mumbai as well, when you're back home. So, yep. fingers crossed. Absolutely. And, uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to now follow your guys' podcast regularly. I'm going to educate you. myself, right, and uh, see how I can get better at it. And who knows? We might have another conversation soon. Meanwhile, fingers crossed... The weather in Spa improves and then things start moving pretty quickly. And tomorrow, at the finish, someone's going to go like a tracer bullet. <laughs> love it, love it. And who would you pick if you had to? I know the mind says Max. The heart must be somewhere else, right? Yes, you know, in sport, everyone likes an underdog. Hmm. You know, so like, I don't want to put the mockers on Max. But, you know, I, I think the whole... whole uh, motor racing fraternity will be looking for someone new you know they they like challenges in sport you know just like 
the Wimbledon final this year. You yeah. as much as Djokovic, you know, is popular as much as he's loved, but you could see that whole crowd wanted a new winner. They wanted Alcaraz, you know, to win. They wanted a new kid on the block, you know, to just, you know, challenge the best around. And that's the same thing in every sport. So I don't see anything different on Sunday. Now, fingers crossed we get a really, really good showing. But Ravi, thank you for your time. And it has been incredible to hear your insights and stories on the Inside Line F1 podcast. Enjoy the weekend. <laughs> Pleasure. I like the word principle. Not bad. Not bad. That works out quite well. <laughs> But Mazza, I guess. See you guys. This was, uh, this was amazing. Take care. Pleasure. Thanks, Jay. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye, Kunal. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Shalom, sir. Milte. Bye. And that was Ravi Shastri at its finest. People of Mumbai, if you are around and you love Formula 1, please don't forget to check out our Inside Line F1 pit stops. our community meetups where we have a really engaging pre-race and post-race show along with the screening of the race itself in Mumbai. We're trying to bring this up to other Indian cities as well. So follow us on social media for more information on where our next event is going to be and how you can register. But it would be amazing to have you there to talk Formula 1 with us and be a part of our Formula 1 community. In case you liked this episode, which I think you would because you're here at this stage, please feel free to subscribe to the Inside Line F1 podcast and also to share it with any friends or family members who might love it as well. See you very, very soon for our other special episodes and take care, everyone. Bye-bye.